Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 296 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you hate playing against left-handed players, then this is the episode for you. I am a left-handed player, so I have special insight into this topic. And a week or two ago, we were on the courts during a video shoot, and we actually, in great detail, covered this topic in a video. So I wanted to bring that over to audio format because it's it's this is all this is really purely tactical. Like you don't need to see any technical technical cues or really kind of nerdy geeky technique things to really make this work it's really all about patterns it's about positioning it's about mindset and so that's what we're going to talk about today uh, before we dive right into the the super uh, actionable stuff about how to beat left-handed players we're getting close to episode number 300 of the podcast and i wanted to do something kind of special for that episode to commemorate it and to say thank you to those of you who listen weekend week in and week out for the last decade now i've been doing the show and so in the past, I've done little call-in things, usually around the holidays, to kind of share a holiday like greeting or message. But I, something I did at a recent clinic was I had I went around each of the students and asked them to simply share why do you love tennis, and it was actually a larger group clinic that we did this at, and it was actually a really amazing experience for me and I, th I think for everybody involved to hear like the person to the right and to the left and all around the circle hear w what tennis meant to them and for most of the people there and i think for most essential tennis fans and followers tennis is is a really kind of deep meaningful part of their life and it's much more than just a game or a sport or something a hobby or an activity to do. And so I'd love to hear from you. And what I'm going to do is just compile these and it's going to be episode 300 of the podcast is all the responses to the simple question, why do you love tennis? And so you can submit your answer by simply calling. And this is, nobody's going to answer this phone line. There's going to be a little greeting from me and then it's going to go to voicemail. And so all you have to do is just call in, wait for the voicemail beep and give your answer. I don't, I don't think there's any kind of time restriction, although I didn't really test that to be honest. So if you have to call back to kind of finish, that's fine. Uh, but you don't have to worry about bothering anybody. This is no, no phone is going to ring. It's just going to go to voicemail and then you can leave your answer. And so that number is area code 262. Here in the in the U.S. two six two two nine eight nine two nine three. That's two six two two nine eight nine two nine three. So if you call that number, you'll hear my voice, kind of welcoming you. There'll be a beep for uh, voicemail. Leave your answer to the question: Why do you love tennis? And episode three hundred is going to be a compilation. I'll give my answer, and then a compilation of listener answers from all all over the world. Uh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing the answers from from you. Okay, so let's get into it. There's, I've got five different points here that we're going to go through. All of them are critical to your success against a left-handed player. The first one is just a quick, brief overview. If you've been following my content for any length of time, then you've heard me talk about single strategy at some point. 
and I'm going to breeze over this pretty quickly because I, I've covered it in detail in other episodes of the podcast and videos on YouTube and all over the place. But just to remind you what your plan A should be in singles. And this is why playing lefties is just terrible for right-handed players. It's because hitting cross courts should be your plan A unless you have a good reason to hit down the line. And that's and I'm, we're not going to get into the specifics or the reasons why, but in short, it's geometry and positioning are they're both dramatically they both dramatically benefit from a cross court pattern. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It's it's just high percentage pattern, and it helps you move as less as as as, as little as possible while forcing your opponent to move as much as possible, especially if they break that pattern frequently. And so unless there's some kind of big mismatch cross-court from you or some kind of big opportunity down the line, then cross-court is a direction to play in as a singles player. Uh, So that could be your opponent's out of position. It could be a big opponent weakness. Maybe down the line, backhand is a huge strength for you. Or maybe the geometry of the court is changing. And that happens every time you approach the net. Everything is kind of flipped on its head, and all of a sudden, down the line starts to make a lot more sense from a positioning and a geometry standpoint. So, plan A in singles, just, this is just like the fundamental geometric pattern to play, is hit cross courts unless you have a really good reason to hit down the line. And so, the reason why left-handed players are so terrible to play is if they follow that pattern on the ad side, then it sets up your weakness against their strength. And left-handed players have learned how to exploit that over and over and over again. And a big reason why lefties are so frustrating to play is they play right-handed players 90% of the time. And I don't have any tennis stats on this, but I know the general population is just 10% left-handed players. It's 90% right-handed players. And so, again, I don't have any tennis-specific stats on, on just tennis players, but I'm assuming it's at least in the ballpark of that. And so, for me, as a left-handed player, I get to train and practice and get experience against righties the vast majority of the time. And so, I've spent 90% of my tennis career honing my, my ability to hit my strongest shot on the best geometrical pattern to my opponent's weakness again and again and again. And generally speaking, left-handed players are experts at exploiting that pattern of their strength to their opponent's weakness. And they've just absolutely mastered the ability of of taking that pattern and going to the well over and over and over again. Whereas they only play lefties 10% of the time or less. Like we don't have the experience of going strength to strength on the singles pattern. We just don't. Just just like righties don't against lefties, lefties don't against other lefties. And so the big level of discomfort is the same thing for left-handed players when they play other left-handed players. And so it's just the way it is. And for anybody, playing a lefty is just a, a total mismatch and kind of flip-flop if you're a right-handed player uh, f- against the norm. It's completely different. Now, point number two, and this is this is possibly the biggest one, and this is a big mindset thing, and I, I want you to take this to heart and embrace it and and really understand that it's true. The good news here is that you have the same opportunity they do. 
the same opportunity minus the fact that you know lefties usually practice against righties and they usually play against righties and so if you're a right-handed player then you don't have that same opportunity to be like oh hey i'm i'm switching everything up for you today so you don't have that same opportunity but you have the same singles pattern and ge- geometrical opportunity that left-handed players do you have the same choice to be able to hit your strength to their weakness and set up that pattern as often as humanly possible. So what their ad side is to you, your deuce side is to them. Everybody hates the lefty serve on the deuce, I'm sorry, on the ad side because it goes out wide to a righty's weakness. Guess what? You have the same thing that you can exploit over and over on the deuce side to, to not only pull them off the court to their weakness, but then use that pattern again and again and again to keep them uncomfortable and to keep them off balance. And we're going to talk about how to do that specifically. So you need to understand that all you need to do is exploit that deuce side, that cross-court pattern, as much as humanly possible. And it all starts with having different tools in your toolbox on the deuce side specifically. And so tool number one is pattern variations. And so I'm going to give you three specific tools, tactical tools that you can use to make lefties as uncomfortable as they make you. And the first one is sticking with that deuce side cross court pattern and using different variations with your forehand to poke and prod and find out what makes them most uncomfortable and then go to that well over and over and over again, your strength to their weakness, just like they do to you on the ad side. And so there's three main pattern variations here that you can use. One is height. And so we've already, it's kind of a given at this point. Okay, so we want your forehand cross-court as much as possible, but within the context of that pattern, you should be varying your height the first several games of of the match against the left-handed player and finding out what's least comfortable for that lefty opponent over on the, on the deuce side with his or her backhand. Some players will struggle with, with high balls. Some players will struggle with low balls. And you should be testing both to see which it is. It could be that just a, a straight-up rally ball will get the job done. But against a stronger opponent, you should be testing different heights to see if they're uncomfortable up above the shoulder or uncomfortable down below knee height or, or even below the waist. And depending on what grips they use and kind of what style they have and what maybe what era of tennis they grew up playing, it may be one extreme or the other, or maybe it could actually be both and they're really only comfortable in their strike zone. So test different heights. The second thing you should test within that cross-court pattern is different depths. And I know this is very closely related to height, but it's not the same thing. You can hit high and just pass the service line and, and if you have heavy topspin, still give your opponent really high, uncomfortable shots. Uh, of course, you can combine this with depth. As I'm sorry, combine height with depth. But depth, in and of itself, is really completely different variable than height, even though they are closely related. They're they're kind of cousins. And what you're looking for here is can the left-handed player on their weak side cross court on the deuce side? Do they get pushed back easily when you hit the ball really deep and a little bit closer to the baseline? Do they they have the ability to hit the ball on the rise? Do they stand their ground and take the ball right off the bounce? Or when you hit deep, even if it's not especially high, do they get pushed back and out of position? And do they open up 
does that open up court for you and give you ability to exploit other things on the courts? Or maybe just going to that two, three times in a row will just flat out win you the points. Frequently, that'll be the case if, if you're able to, to purposefully hit your forehand deep and cross court on that deuce side. And then finally, we have the tool or the pattern variation of width. And you can either just go right to the angle ball and aim a little bit, maybe a little bit past that side T. And what we're testing here is the lefty's ability to hit a backhand on the run and their ability to recover after it getting pulled out wide and and be able to effectively get back to a strong position on the court so that they can cover the down the line shot, especially if they give you something shorter or weaker. Are they just flat out, flat out giving you an opportunity on the first ball? Or can you mix up widths and maybe hit one or two more towards the middle, let them set up, and then really go for the sharp angle? And you can do combinations of different ones here. You can combine height, width, and depth in different ways. I won't go through all the, the different combinations, but you get the idea. The whole point here is to go beyond the rally ball, beyond the surface level tactic of hit to their backhand, hit, hit to their weakness, and use some, some variations. And left-handed players are generally really, really good at this. Just think about Nadal against Federer. And in the, in the years when, when Rafa just really was making Roger's life miserable on the courts, especially on slower courts, obviously. He was combining the direction with angles, with with height in particular, and really getting the ball up high to Roger. Roger was trying for a while to just kind of go with the slice and just kind of hang in there. And then eventually he had to adapt and start taking the ball a little bit earlier and a little bit more aggressively. There's been a whole evolution just within that matchup of Nadal versus Federer. And it's because Rafa has been able to successfully exploit not just the pattern, but also different variations on that pattern with different widths and different depths and different heights. And so you can do the same thing, maybe not with the same level of, of RPM on, on your forehand as, as what Rafa has, but understand that the flip side gives you the same opportunity, your forehand to the lefty's backhand, especially if you can throw in different patterns like the ones we just talked about. Now, before we move on to tool number two, it's important to note that if just a standard rally ball gets the job done, then just stick with that. Like there's no need, in fact, it would be really poor judgment on your part to win like a game or two just hitting a st stock, you know, standard rally ball cross court with your forehand on the deuce sign and really going out of your way to make that the predominant pattern. And if you're just winning points with just a standard rally ball, don't even bother making things more difficult or complicated by trying different shapes and heights and amounts of spin and and depths and widths. Don't even bother. Just stick with the rally ball and just, just ride that pattern until you end up shaking hands at the end and you've won the match. Winning tennis, especially against difficult, tricky, or uncomfortable or frustrating opponents, is all about managing risk because tennis is, is a game of errors. And so anytime you kind of take it upon yourself to incur more risk by trying more variation, trying different looks and trying to get kind of tricky and fancy. It's not, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball and on a really good day where your timing is great and everything feels great. Maybe you can get away with that extra risk, but on most days, if you don't need it 
then don't even take it out of the bag. Uh, proverbially proverbial, uh, speaking, just keep keep those shots in the in the golf bag. Keep those clubs in the bag, and go ahead and just stick with the rally ball because that's all you need on that given day. So don't just kind of a little asterisk asterisk here. No need to incur more risk. In fact, do not incur more risk if you don't absolutely have to. Okay, tool number two is turn the tables. This is a big one. So we we started this episode by talking about why lefties are so frustrating. And it's because they have they're able to follow the best pattern of play and take their best shot against your worst shot. And then the second thing we talked about is the good news that you have the same opportunity. Now, when you get into the uncomfortable, awkward situation where your opponent, the lefty opponent, gets you in that crappy pattern on the ad side, the second tool that's critical to being able to comfortably beat left-handed players is being able to change the pattern. Meaning, if you're, just imagine with me for a second, uh, don't close your eyes if you're, if you're driving or walking, but just imagine for a second that your lefty opponent has served out wide again on the ad side, out wide to your backhand as a, as a right-handed player. You're on, you're on the ad side of the courts, lefty slice out wide, you return cross courts because you're a little bit uncomfortable, you want to play the high percentage shot, and so you wisely go cross courts, and now you're just right back in that pattern. Their forehand, your backhand, and so the two of you engage in this exchange back and forth, back and forth on the ad side. If your backhand is not strong, and their forehand is, then you want to get out of that pattern as quickly as you can and get over, ideally, to the deuce side pattern that we talked about in my second point. And that is your forehand to their backhand. Now, the mistake that most of your peers make and you're likely making now is you ident- you've identified, at least maybe on a surface level, that, oh no, I don't want this pattern again. But then when you go to change direction and hit your backhand down the line, that down the line shot you're assuming needs to be some kind of fantastic, just over the net, paint the sideline kind of shot to make any kind of difference. And it's just not true. The biggest way that righties shoot themselves in the foot against lefties is they identify the first couple points I've made in this episode. They, they understand the patterns kind of intuitively and they just, they feel like ad side bad and do side good. And so they get that. And in an effort to change the pattern, they try to hit a winner down the line. And again, singles all about managing risk. And if you take on additional risk, then chances are you're going to end up shooting yourself in the foot, at least in the long run, unless you're just having a fantastic day where your timing is on, everything's hitting on, on all cylinders. So the key to turning the tables on a left-handed player is to safely change the pattern from the ad side to the deuce side with high margin for error, both inside the lines and also over the net. The worst thing you can do is try to hit a hero shot and outright win the point, either with a winner or just just say, all right, that's it, I'm, I'm getting out of this trap, and just slapping a backhand down the line, and you only make you know, 30, 40% of them, or may, maybe you make 50 or 60% of them, but then the lefty gets a couple of those back, and in the long run, you end up just m- making too many mistakes to possibly come out on top. So here, here are my recommendations. You should be aiming at least two feet over the net. Now keep in mind the net's a little bit higher going down the line. So it's going to be, you know, another three, four, five inches higher uh, ultimately than 
hitting two feet over the net cross courts because the net's a little bit higher. Give yourself plenty of margin for error. If you hit really nice, heavy topspin, then three or four feet can even be completely fine, uh, but at least two feet. If you've, if you've got a great rally ball, think three or four feet over the top of the net. Plenty of margin over the top of the net. And then inside the, the sideline and the baseline, you should be thinking at least five or six feet. And for a large percentage of you listening to my voice right now, you, you hear five feet from the line, and it just sounds like the Grand Canyon might as well be between yourself and the line. And so many tennis players, when they think down the line, they're thinking of the line. And they're, they're thinking about Djokovic taking that backhand up the line and hitting it like two inches from the line or maybe even hitting the line. I think we all, I, I think te- your average tennis player thinks, oh, well, I know I shouldn't aim for the line, so, so I'm going to aim a foot inside the line. And you have to understand that that's an unbelievably small margin, even for a professional player. And so just trust me on this. You need to give yourself at least five feet or six feet inside the the sideline and at least five or six feet inside the baseline. In fact, I would say nine feet inside the baseline is plenty. Do you know where nine feet is? Nine feet is halfway between the service line and the baseline. That's nine feet away from the baseline. And that amount of depth is more than enough at just about every level of play to be a solid shot. And you're not setting up like some kind of easy ball for your opponent. Frankly, if you hit nine feet inside both lines, it's enough to change the direction. You may not be immediately putting pressure on that left-handed player, but you've just changed the pattern. Maybe they they try to hit back down the line to you, but if they're smart, then they're probably going to hit cross courts, and now you have exactly the pattern you want, which is your forehand to their backhand. So keep in mind that when you change direction, positioning yourself correctly means you've got to go clear across to the other side of the court, over to the deuce side. Uh, The closer you hit to the line, the more to the right of the hash mark you need to move to be in the right position. I won't go into the, the, the geometry of this. It's, it's way better suited for visuals and a video, uh, but just suffice to say right now, this is a big reason why you wanna give yourself height. If you tag the ball a couple inches over the net and your opponent gets there, then you leave yourself very, very little time to get to the correct position on the court for the next ball, which is over on the deuce side of the court. And you just hit from the ad side of the court. So you've gotta go clear over past the hash mark to the other side to be correctly positioned. And so it's kind of a auxiliary reason why giving yourself plenty of height uh, is really, really important, not just for margin and not making a bunch of mistakes into the net, but also to give yourself time to position yourself correctly. Uh, Finally here, as far as turning the tables is concerned, don't forget about the slice. And this is my favorite way as a lefty to turn the tables on right-handed players. When my right-handed opponents try to get their forehand to my backhand, my go-to is my backhand slice down the line. And I can place it really well down the line. It's not an aggressive shot. It's not a pressuring shot, but I can just place it several feet inside the sideline, several feet inside the baseline really reliably, and then just wait for a forehand on the next ball. And now I'm, I'm just right back in the pattern that I want. And so you can do that exact same thing as a righty on the ad side. Just a, a really safe, really reasonable slice backhand down the line, plenty of margin over the net, plenty of margin inside the lines, and then position yourself for a forehand and then exploit that forehand 
cross court to that lefty backhand. So that's tool number two, which is turn the tables. The third and final tool here, and this is my fifth point in the episode, is just simply to give you some tools for the return of serve. Because everybody hates returning that lefty serve, including lefties. Two big things here. Number one, positioning. You're just out of the box. Your positioning, your standard positioning has to change right from the get-go. Wherever you normally stand as kind of your, your standard starting point, whenever you play somebody new, wherever your comfort spot is on the court to return serve, just take it and automatically shift it three feet to the left of where you normally start your points, just automatically. And it's, it doesn't even matter if the lefty has like a, a huge slice serve, although many of them do. Uh, if they've got a big slice serve, you may want to shift more than that. But start off with three feet, which is just a kind of a full sideways uh, kind of lateral stride to the left. And that should be your new starting point. It's, so many righties like stand there and they may or may not even realize that they're playing a lefty at first. If you do, if they do realize, they just stand in the same spot they always stand and then lunge out to the left to, to try to hit that, that wide backhand return a serve. And they'll get beat there a dozen times before they finally adjust. You should be adjusting before the match even starts. On the very first point, take a full lateral step to your left, and that's your new starting point. Now, it could be, it's not impossible that this lefty has a great kick serve on the deuce side or a great flat serve down the tee on the ad side or a great flat serve out wide on the deuce side. And so they're able to kind of exploit that forehand corner as well. I definitely purposefully developed those serves because so many players would camp out wide for the the stereotypical you know lefty slice uh, to the backhand side. And so I, I got a lot of aces going back to the forehand side. Make the lefty prove that he or she can hit that serve. Go ahead and take a full step to the left. Let them see that you're leaving room on the forehand side. But start off by guarding the backhand because that's going to be their plan A. I, I absolutely promise you that's going to be what they start with. If they give you some reason to change otherwise, whether that be even more to the left or being a little more conservative and not adjusting quite so much, then fine. But I would strongly recommend that you start by immediately adjusting a solid three feet to the left of where you normally start. And then observe what the lefty does and and make adjustments from there. Finally, from an anticipation standpoint, just understand and be prepared that the trajectory will be different on the serves. This is the other kind of big thing. Like you just don't see serves from lefties very often. And so the trajectory of the delivery and of course the spin of the delivery will be completely different. The ball moves much more from right to left from a lefty player. And just if that doesn't immediately resonate with you, just close your eyes for a second and just kind of picture across the net from you, somebody serving with the with their left arm, extending up over their left shoulder. Just p- picture kind of the mirror image of, a, of that tennis player over on the other side of the courts and their, their racket swinging up to the ball and then out to your right, which is their left. So it's a mirror image. That swing out to your right makes the ball curve to your left. That's how spin works. It's an equal and opposite reaction to the direction of the swing. And so I think just literally just visualizing a little bit ahead of time, like when you see in the warm-up, oh, crap, it's a left-handed player. 
really just kind of close your eyes for a second before that first game starts and just just picture that movement of the ball curving to your left across your body over to your backhand side just picture that and just kind of give your your brain and your mind some some heads up <laughs> and just make sure that you are sitting on it not only physically with your positioning which I talk, talked about a second ago, but also anticipating the curve and the trajectory change and be waiting for it instead of standing there in your normal position, just waiting for a normal serve and everything is completely different. You have to be proactive if you're going to have any chance against a good left-handed player. So in review, point number one was the singles plan A, cross-court patterns win in singles. You should only be going down the line unless you have a really you should only be going down the line if you have a really good reason and that plays perfectly into a lefty exploiting your backhand. Point number two was the good news. You have the same opportunity that they do over on the deuce side. And then point number three was the first tool, which is different pattern variations on that deuce side pattern. Tool number two was how to turn the tables and change the pattern to uh, and ads, I'm sorry, I think I, I think I switched that around. Uh, pattern uh, tool number one was um, different pattern variations on the deuce side, exploiting your forehand to their backhand. Tool number two is turning the tables and going from their favorite pattern, which is the ad side, to your favorite pattern, which is the deuce side. And then tool number three was those different return of serve positions and things to anticipate so you can be as ready as possible for that lefty serve. So you combine all, all these things together, the mindset, the geometry, the tactics, the positioning, the pattern variations, I promise you, you'll be much more comfortable, much more successful against the left-handed player. I, I hope this is a really big help to you. I hope you review this before you know you're going to play a left-handed player. Unless it's me, then, then maybe uh, kind of forget and delete this episode. Uh, but I, I know it's going to serve you well. Let me know if you have any suggestions or things to add to this. And also be sure to call in and leave your answer to why do you love tennis? That phone number again is 262-298-9293. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.